Welcome to the Shape of a Star podcast, where everyone has a story. We just need to shape it so that we're the star or something like that. So tonight, on this dark, dark night that we have in this time period of our lives, we are conducting one of the most energetic interviews, I feel, that we are ever going to see tonight. This is a person that, like most of my guests, has been in the orbit of the satellites for <laughs> over a decade now, as of like a few weeks ago. And this person is someone who has lived actually a lot of experiences, which is why I thought this person would be an excellent guest. Will it turn out that way? Have a good conversation and life story? Who knows? But... Meanwhile, we're going to try. So introducing tonight's guest is Brad. Hi, Lodestar. Oh, I go by Danny. Okay, Danny, whatever. See? <laughs> hey, Brad. Okay, so how would you in- describe yourself to the twos and twos of the viewers? Oh, the twos and twos, not the ones and ones. What is this, Noah's Ark? No, no, no. We count as the ones and ones, but we each of us at least had one friend that'll listen to this. Each other. Um, <laughs> well, I am a accomplished supply chain professional, car crash survivor, and well, I survived George Mason, so... That what is an accomplishment, there? actually. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you're an Aries. Um... <laughs> No one believes in your zip code. I'm not going to say it, but oh, that's true. <laughs> like it's other, it's sequential numbers, so uh, consecutive sequential numbers. Yes, that would be what it means. You never know. Some person with the mindset of me out there is going to screw it up in their heads. Anyway, yes, I'm here. Get used to it. So, we're going to start from the beginning. I did not flip the switch. Continue. What switch? When God said, let there be light. You said we're starting in the beginning. Oh. (laughs) Well. Catholicism. Oh, yes. You are. uh, I don't know if you're an active practicing or. I am an active practicing Roman Catholic. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) When was the last time you were at church? Two weeks ago. Really? Yes. Well, what year are we on? A, B, or C? What do you mean, A, B, or C? You know how the you like the verses like are structured every three years? Oh, I have a. no idea. Yeah, right? <laughs> ha, C. Look at you. Not better than me. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was trained by the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Continue. Sound of freedom. <laughs> Well, speaking of the Immaculate Sisters of Mary or whatever you said, what was it like attending such a small private school and then converting to one of the biggest colleges in the state of Virginia, a.k.a. George Mason University? Well, as you might remember, there were diseases. And by diseases, I mean strep throat, which in my first semester of college, I got four times and almost had to take have my tonsils removed. I thank our other roommate and his interesting life habits and choices 
for bringing those types of viruses into our vicinity. Okay, to be fair, you were the only one that got them. Yes, because I went from a small school where I was used to the germs to a lot of other germs that I had never been exposed to. Yes, that is true. But there are other things too, like your class sizes got bigger, I assume, and just other facets. But you are totally right. Health-wise, it was a shock to your system. It was. And then the class sizes were different. It was very, I mean, you go from somewhere where, you know, it's not unusual to have a teacher stay with you after school to work on something to professors who don't know your name in a 300 classroom lecture hall. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very different culturally. And um, I will say that my under my high school education helped me be prepared for college and to succeed at George Mason. But I think that the transition from culturally from having engaged teaching staff to, um, teachers where you had to really work to engage with, especially in those freshman courses, really um, was difficult, especially then finding the social scene and living with thousands of other students on campus where my entire high school had 350 people in it. Yes, that is a very, very, very big jump. But Okay, so I don't know if I ever asked you this. Like, I know why you didn't go to, like, your number one choice university. But how did you pick Mason of all places? That's a really good question. Um, So my cousin and his wife went to George Mason. And... um, It has a really good business school. So one of the best business schools in Virginia. um, Outside of the UVA and William & Mary, which William & Mary was my number one choice. Um, So I applied early action because it wasn't binding. And I just went with it. And the rest was history because now look at you, a supply chain professional. Accomplished supply chain. Sorry, you were an accomplished supply chain professional. Yes, we'll go with accomplished. I mean, you said it. I agree. I did say it. (laughs) So, okay. So other than just like attending like this new university where I would, where you said that you had problems having your professors remember you, I never had those problems for very different reasons. Um, How many new personalities did you meet exactly? Because where you came from was a very homogenous type of people. Now you have the school of diversity. Yeah. It really was different. Um, I think from... I mean, the obvious thing that I know we've talked about is the socioeconomic difference. I mean, I went to a private school, um, if it's not obvious. Um... Luckily, and I'm fortunate enough that my parents did well enough to be able to send me there. Um, But it was expensive to go there. So most people who went there, it was a very affluent cross-section of society. And so you had 
things, material things being flashed around wasn't a big deal. Everyone got a new phone every year. Everyone had a new laptop. Everyone had, it, it, it was very, um, a dime a dozen. Yeah. I mean, those kind of things weren't, weren't something special. And so I think at first me having that and just it being a part of, yeah, well, I have the, I got the new iPhone or whatever was just kind of like, it was very second nature. It was very, okay, well, I mean, it's, to me, it wasn't a big deal where to others it was, it, it, it represented a, a lot more. And so I think kind of realizing that and then trying to navigate how to interact and be more appreciative for everyone's um, situation. It was, it was difficult, but you know, I think you adjust and you learn and that's what college is for. Growth. Yep. Growth and development. In many, many ways. Yes. At least that's the goal. It's so. The goal. Some would say, and I think you would as well, that you are a member of the LGBTQAIP plus community. Yes. How does that factor from going to such a small school to a school with a huge population of LGBTQAIP plus people? Well, I think that was a huge it was a huge opportunity for me and something that I really was excited about because I you know it's it's that thing that the cliche of oh it gets better just wait till college or oh yeah because that was huge when we were graduating high school it was (laughs) I mean the it gets better was the oh my god just hang on and then I guess I thought oh my god everyone all the gay people at college are going to be, they're out and proud and they're going to be excited to be around other gay people. And why would we be mean to each other? We have everyone else being mean to us. Let's kumbaya and (laughs) sing songs and be happy. And that wasn't it because, you know, I think I had an expectation of, Oh, it gets better. Well, mm, People are still people, no matter just because who you were when you graduated high school is not magically transformed when you start college. And it's people are still people. And, you know, back in 2011, people still had issues coming out. I mean, people today still have issues coming out. Yes, people today still have issues coming out. But you see today being June 7th, 2021. Yes, a decade. Oh, later. you're right. A decade later. But, you know, there were so many times where I know you and I would talk and I'd be like, I swear he's gay. I know he's gay. And then two, three years later, we were proven right by the grinder. Um, but I think it kind of, I just, ex- I expected a lot more out of it because of the promise of it gets better and it's gonna it's gonna be everything you want and college isn't some magical fix-all or enchanted kingdom from Disneyland it's 
real people living a real life, trying to get an education. And Judge Judy's courtroom. I mean, it is. People are people, are people no matter if they're gay, straight, bi, any of the other plus. No matter the, gay, straight, or bi. I mean, yeah, and I think you find that it was a big letdown to me at first because I really was hoping to have two gay roommates and we'd be best friends and do all the gay things and it was going to be some just magical experience and it wasn't. And, you know, it was a hard realization to come to. I tried to make it work for a semester and then I was just like, okay, nope. That was another thing I think that was a growth for you is learning not tolerance of other people because you were never like rude or anything to people and like inconsiderate like that on like a that level or anything you know but learning boundaries and when it's okay to be like excuse you no stop yeah I think I I allowed myself to be walked on in certain aspects because I I was over accommodating and let things go I think I walked the, I didn't walk the fine line between rude and polite. I just kind of was overly understanding and tolerated way more than I probably should have trying to fit in and be a part of and make this college dream fantasy thing I had in my head a reality. And the reality right now. Yes, you did. The reality was was that our other roommate had no interest in that and decided he hated me before we even moved in. So that wasn't going to happen. And, you know, I think that was the the hard part was just realizing that, wow, you don't even know me, but you hate me and you, you're just going to tra- try to make my life miserable. Okay. Speaking of hate, this is a great segue into my next question. So, speaking of hate, we were, we, well, I don't know, I wouldn't say we were members of, but we ventured to this club at George Mason University that is known as Pride Alliance. Yep. And while we were at Pride Alliance, um, things kind of uh, got dicey at times would you say so um if by dicey you mean you being looked at by members of the executive committee of pride alliance and being told that you're the reason gay people don't have rights (laughs) yeah that would be dicey (laughs) that happened after we weren't welcomed back i thought it happened when you weren't welcomed back (laughs) no like that's what i'm saying like while we were there they didn't think that they thought other things but I remember there was, like, an interesting conversation that you had a slight altercation in. Oh, yes. You mean the the bathroom equality? Yes. Yes. Um, there were definitely issues that people took with um, people speaking their mind. You had to... F- there was a hierarchy, and if you didn't agree with that person, you were going to be an outcast. Um... I was an outcast at, like, the second meeting. Halfway through the first. Um, Only for half of them. And so we had... 
Yes. But yes, there was a whole discussion around, would you feel comfortable using the other, I don't want to say other gender, um, because gender is a spectrum, but the other... This is back in 2011, people. Okay, let's just put this in the context. In 2011, people were still talking about male and female bathrooms with assigned genders at birth. Yes. And so it was like, well, would you feel comfortable using the other assigned gender's bathroom? And so, yes. Um, some, I assume, lesbian girls said, yeah, they would have no problem using the men's bathroom because the they definitely identified as that at the time. Said they would have no issues using a men's bathroom if the line was shorter. And I had joined that side of the, it was back when, it still is popular today, but back when the stand on this side of the room, if you feel comfortable, stand on the other side of the room if you wouldn't, and explain why kind of thing. Yep. And I, I said, yeah, of course I feel comfortable using a girl's bathroom. I'm in there to pee or do my business, or whatever business I'm in there to do, I'm in there to do that and leave. Wash my hands and leave. Like, there's, there's I don't need interaction not in there looking for nothing. I'm in there to get in, get out. And they took offense that I would be willing to use a girl's bathroom because they said they wouldn't feel comfortable. I'm like, these are the same people that just said they'd use a men's bathroom if the line was shorter. So um, I had an issue with that. I'm like, well, what does it matter? If you're willing to come into the men's bathroom, why are you uncomfortable about me going into the women's? And... They really didn't formulate a decent answer, and they already hated me at the time. So <laughs> they knew that we were roommates, and I think they just associated their displeasure of my existence to you. Most likely. I fully, like, yeah, I'll take responsibility for that somewhat. Like, <laughs> sure, I can't make, I can't have your feelings. Although I do agree. Like, bathrooms are bathrooms, people. Like, yeah. I'm, oh, you see it all the time. If there's a single, if it's singles bathrooms, like single stalls, oh, not single stalls, but you know, just like single toilet Single bathrooms. toilet, one door. <laughs> I'm in. How they all should be. Honestly, kind of in a way. Well, yeah. But then again, then we would have like backing lineup and just all this stuff. I don't know, people. We're not here to fix that stuff. Well, actually, you kind of are because you work in logistics, but I'm not here just for that. Just have everything be a stall and it, just move on. You can line it up so everything's a stall. You could. So, we're since we're talking about George Mason University, while we were at Mason, you had many trials and tribulations within your academic journey, which, as we all know, who doesn't when they go to college, right? That is true. Like yeah. many people who attend higher education, you went in wanting one thing. And unlike most people, you actually exited with that one thing. But another along with it. How did you discover your love for ISOM? And can you explain it to the world who's listening? Because no one else calls it ISOM. So, um, my sec I went in with wanting an accounting degree. I did achieve that. I got Congrats. a second major in information systems and operations management. So, that was the catch-all for the other business programs, more or less. Um, it was part IT management, part supply chain management. Um, I had to take a supply chain class as part of your general education requirements for the business school. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was 
I just I loved my professor. I loved the class. I did really well in it, and it just was fun. Um, and so I had never picked a minor, and so I was like, "Well, I'll just do this as a second major. It takes no more. It doesn't take any more time, and it can. It's only a couple more credits than a minor." So. I went with it and I really enjoyed it and it was a really great decision. Um, so it, it focuses on, you can do the supply chain side, which is more about, um, it's a whole different process. It talks about like production planning and um, you do some transportation, you do break even analysis, you do, it, there's just tons of different things you can do in the supply chain side but there weren't as many classes offered for it. Um, George Mason had been working on actually breaking ISOM out into being two different majors. So I don't know if they ever did that or not. And then the information system side was all about like IT management. So instead of like doing IT, you learned how to manage IT people. Which I never understood why it was its own degree. But, you know, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to be confused. It's so that I could be Charles's boss. Charles is a friend of ours that went into IT. Which is how Brad here explained it all the time. And I never understood why you needed to be a special kind of person to manage other people. Everyone's a person. But then again, this is the psych side of me coming through. Like, but people are people. Like, <laughs> But everyone but, has... but. As people are people, everyone has different needs and how they want to be managed and what they need to do to communicate, especially in their own professional language. And so computer science and IT people have a very different um, understand. They, very, they understand the systems very well, but a lot of the times they don't understand how those systems interact with other users and other parts of the business. And so the information systems management people help kind of bridge that gap for the IT and the computer science people who are building the systems and making sure they run. That makes so much sense. Okay, so world. Um, we all remember Tyler from the earlier episodes. Every time I asked Tyler about his clickety-clack life, because we all know Tyler works as a computer programmer, engineer, whatever he said. It's clickety-clacking on a computer all day. It's just stuff I don't understand. But every time I ask him, like, so what's this for? He's like, he could kind of somewhat explain it to me, but that's a very Tyler. He really liked to understand, like, everything he was doing. But he, like, basically the piece you were describing is exactly what I would actually need to talk to a person for the question I had. Exactly. And so that's what that degree is for. Double degree went on to get a master's. Look at you achieving things. I did. Or achieved things. Well, I mean, achieve now, yeah, you achieved it already. So it's like the whole, we've had this conversation before and I haven't had this on the podcast yet. So feel free to back me up, Brad, or just to add your opinions along the way as you were very, very eloquent with. So I would like to, as a culture, change the language of my major was, or my major is psychology. No, 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 no. It's not a major anymore. I earned that degree. My degree is psychology. Yes. I agree. Like, my degree is accounting. My degree is information systems and operations management. And my master's is in business administration. Yes. I think we should, as a culture, start 
altering the language to that because I know that I've told our friends because they're like, I have a, my, I majored in English. No, you have a degree in English. Own that. Exactly. You suffered for that. You have a minor in Italian business. Yes. Well, I don't know. How would we, let's figure this out right here, right now. How do we talk about our minors? Cause I know you don't have minors, but I have minors. So you just call it a minor. I do. I'm like, I have a dance minor. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what other way you say it. Me either. But I have a degree in psychology. I mean, you want to just call it an associate? I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, is it? I mean, kind of. You're right. I mean, I feel like it is. I don't Especially know. Maybe because maybe the that's dance... disrespecting the associate's degree, but I feel like a minor is kind of like an associate's degree. You know. Hey, people in higher education, if you understand what we're trying to ask and can help us figure it out, please DM the Instagram, The Shape of a Star Podcast, or email us at The Shape of a Star Podcast at gmail.com with correct language and your opinions because college academic advisors and all you people, you could really help start this movement that I have a degree in. It's not, I did not major in, but also help us figure out what to say for minors, please. So true. But, so, content warning, people. If we are about to dive into a little bit of a hugely traumatic experience. But, we will, this is the only question based off that part. And then we'll get back to the more fun side of what makes Brad super interesting as well, along with this experience. So, if you have content warnings and triggers in like accidents or just like injuries, this is your warning. And oh, different direction than I thought we were going. Okay. Oh, yes. So if you have car trauma, I guess is the way to say it, please yeah. keep yourselves healthy and together and just skip ahead. So, Brad, you survived one of the most traumatic things that could have happened while attending George Mason University. Do you want me to tell the story, or would you like to tell the story to give everyone context? I feel you should, because my version is very short, and I don't remember all of it, so. True. So, and that thing is, people, I always offer that for him to say the story, because I wasn't there. I was actually down the street from (laughs) where, not when you were... When we were off for the summer, I was down the street from where he lived then (laughs) at a different function. So if you know George Mason University, um, we all know University Mall, which is like a little like strip mall across the street. The street isn't even that big. It's like, what, four lanes? Yes. Yeah. So Brad was, oh, Charles was there too, everyone. Our friend Charles from before. Charles and Brad were standing on the side of the road and the, the light turned from green to red while they were waiting to cross and a minivan hit a car. No, a car hit a minivan who hit another car. That was the minivan. And the minivan drove at 40, well, not drove, but got hit 40 miles an hour up onto the curb and hit Brad and a little bit of Charles, but it really, really, really hit Brad hard. And yeah, Brad got hit by a car as a pedestrian and You went to the hospital, obviously. 
where you got your treatment. And again, my details are just as hazy as yours because you were like shortened out of it a little and I just wasn't there. I mean, after that, I was treated in the emergency room with no broken bones, Um, was discharged um, for the weekend. It was in the middle of finals week. Yes, it was. Um, It was like the Saturday in between like finals, like finals had started like the Thursday and then finished up on the Thursday afterwards. Yeah. Spring semester. Yeah. So going into summer, best time. Um, Had a lot of issues with my leg, was still in pain, was still really swollen, um, was getting more swollen. And I finally, um, I hobbled. I hobbled to my professor's room. Uh, room was like, I can't take my exam today. Um, I hobbled all to both my professors and was like, I can't take these exams next week. Like, I, I just, I can't. Like, <laughs> I was just hit by a car. Um, so we had to like walk up to the dean and figure out what we could do. George Mason was not very accommodating. <laughs> um, no, they were not. Um, so they gave me a deadline of like the end of June, I had to have my exams done. Um, and that was that. Um, so my leg was still really bad. I got luckily, um, one of our other friends, Yasmin, um, I'm so thankful for her. Um, she drove me to the emergency room that was right next door to campus. Um, they referred me back to the hospital. Yasmin drove me to the hospital instead of waiting for an, so I didn't have to go alone. And she stayed with me for like seven hours until I was finally fully admitted upstairs and she left. Um, so I can't thank her enough for staying with me. It was, I was terrified. Um, I was admitted to the hospital overnight for, um, monitoring. I was on heavy narcotics. I woke up at three in the morning after that and was rushed to emergency surgery to save my right leg from being amputated. And luckily it was successful. Due to compartment syndrome? Yes. Yeah. Compartment syndrome. So that's basically when, so basically around your calf muscles on each leg and in your forearms, you have a hard tissue that surrounds your muscles called fascia. It helps your muscles kind of glide along the bones correctly. And so what happens is that that it'll only swell so much. So your muscles and stuff from the trauma can only swell so much there. And once they start, once they get too big inside that fascia, Instead of being able to swell out, they swell in and start compressing the blood vessels and nerves and other stuff in your leg or any in your um, extremity. And so if they don't get it within 72 hours, 48 to 72 hours, um, you start getting necrosis and your muscles die and there's nothing to save it. So they have to amputate. So um, it's very important. That if and it can happen not just from like a traumatic incident like a car accident, it also happens to like athletes and stuff. Um, so watch out for swelling in your legs and arms because 
you don't if you have if if you had a really bad accident or injury and it's swelling and it hurts go to the hospital early don't go late <laughs> save your limb um i was very lucky that i did um and so i then spent the next week in the hospital um where they luckily got my i had a great occupational and physical therapists who helped my leg drain um, so normally after that type of a, after a, a fasciotomy is what the surgery is called, they have to do a skin graft to close up the surgical wound because usually it's still too swollen to deal with. Luckily I had great surgeons and great physical and occupational therapists who got me up and moving and really helped. Um, so after the first surgery, they leave your leg open. The wounds are open, but they're like wrapped in bandages and attached to like pretty much sponges attached to a vacuum to try to like suck out the excess blood and stuff that's in your, that's causing the swelling. So um, they got me up and moving and helped drain my leg so that it was small enough to uh, stitch up without having to take a skin graft, which is very painful. So I'm really, really lucky um, that I didn't have a more horrible experience by having to get skin grafted and other things like that. Um, Unfortunately, I did develop an infection on one side of my, um, sutures and had to get wound care afterwards because it never healed. It didn't heal properly at first. So I still have some, um, disfiguration on my leg and of course, like really big scars, but it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean... For a long time after that, I didn't, I couldn't wear shorts for a while. Uh, not only, I wore shorts like at home during the, during while I was like recovering, but obviously afterwards, like I had so many issues with like the scars on my legs and just seeing them. Um, anyone who's gotten a scar knows like right after you get your scar, it's really pink and obvious. And it used to bother me all the time. So, I mean, I would wear long pants. I'd wear jeans, like, all the time. Yep. Like, 100 degree weather, I was fucking in jeans. I probably would have died from heat stroke. <laughs> Just to not wear shorts so I didn't have to look at my leg and see it. So, um, it's very traumatic. It, um, I had, I, after, during the accident, I was knocked back 15 feet into a brick wall and lost consciousness for more than five minutes, um, was bleeding out of my head. Charles thought I was dead because he saw blood all over my face um, from where the bricks cut me up. And so, um, yeah, I had, like, memory loss and stuff for a while. Like a good year and a half. Yeah, pretty much for the rest of undergrad. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Which... But it's, it's gotten better. It, I, I yeah, I would say it got better. Yeah, I can. I don't have that issue really anymore, but I still don't remember stuff that happened then. Which, luckily, people around you, your support system, was able to fill gaps in and did our best to remind you to, like, no, we have this conversation. No, you already did that assignment. <laughs> no, go to class. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Wednesday. Go. <laughs> yeah. Which made... Um, so I'm not going to bash... Okay, I probably will. This might come across as bashing George Mason really hard. Um, 
but that was the issue I constantly had for the rest of my undergrad career was that I had issues remembering what day it was, um, what time my classes were supposed to be at, what time it even was. Um, I mean, I had traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. And I went to the uh, Counseling and Psychological Services. CAPS. Uh, CAPS, for short. And... Um, their initial response to me, well, their whole response to me was, I could see how that would, uh, could be stressful. Um, I was not offered any disability services, was not offered any assistance, um, no follow of what was done by the university. Um, and the thing is, is that this accident happened within, I would say, 50 yards of campus. And the school didn't care. And I, I mean, I went to CAPS. I tried to get help and services and for someone to help me figure out what I needed to do. And the school dropped the ball. And so it, it was really disheartening. And it made, um, it makes it very funny whenever they call asking for money. Um, <laughs> That's a way to spin it. Oh, yes. I, uh. I tell every single poor student that works in that <laughs> works for them asking for money. I tell them the story and then say, and that is why I am not donating. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't. Goodbye and good luck. It pretty much goodbye. Good luck. Don't get hit by a car there. They don't care. They won't care. So oh. that is my That's bash of George Mason. That is exactly how you impart wisdom onto your... Okay, if we're the alumni, what are they? Students. Okay, to the students. As an alumni, that is your wisdom to the students. Yeah, don't get hit by a car. Meanwhile, mine was just learn all the shortcuts around campus because it was annoying walking in the crowds there. Yes. Speaking of which, the library's under construction again, but that's a different story. Yes, for a different day. Yeah. All right, so... If there was one thing you wish the world would understand about, like, your injury and stuff, what would it be? Um, I really wish the world would understand that, you know, I think, it, and we've talked about it, it's kind of that invisible disability kind of thing. Yeah. Where, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm very lucky. I don't have any, like, physical, I didn't lose my leg. I don't have any physical on the outside, you wouldn't look at me and say, oh, wow, he definitely is disabled, is seriously injured. Um, I mean, to this day, I still have things. I go to a pain management doctor. I do a bunch of other things to try to help me. Mm -hmm. But um, I really would, I would want people to understand that, you know, and I think a lot of people who have that kind of invisible disability feel this way is that don't judge people don't i mean there were so many times and when my senior year i had a car because i left off campus and i had my disabled tag and i would drive up straight to the classroom because they're and get disabled parking and go into class and people would look at me like why is he parking in the handicap parking just because i'm not in a wheelchair doesn't mean i don't need help getting around I couldn't walk to class. It was a huge problem for me during my uh, last semester, my junior year on campus. 
I had such a hard time walking to class because George Mason's a very hilly campus. There's lots of stairs. I was in tons of pain for my hip, back, and leg. And it's not hilly in the GMU sense and like the rolling hills of Virginia, but it's very, very um, uneven. Well, and the other part is, is it's hilly to me in the fact that, I mean, so I'm from Virginia Beach. We don't have hills. I'm used to flat land sloping down to the ocean. That's about as much of a slope There's as I There's sand dunes, thank you. And Mount Trashmore. Um, oh my god, my favorite. So, but, so it it is uneven. It's very, there's a lot of stairs to different parts of the campus. Um, there are ramps and stuff, but it it makes getting, navigating the campus is, can be very difficult when you have limited mobility. So um, I would just want people to think about that before they look at somebody or say something, make a comment. It hurts. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Physically and emotionally, right? Yep. Yeah. So if, if, uh, if you could change one thing about the world to accommodate your injury, what would you wish? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing about anyone who suffers from chronic pain, uh, knows now is that I really wish I could change the opioid epidemic. Um, it makes pain management doctors and stuff like that very leery of people coming in with chronic pain, um, due to them being afraid of finding pills, uh, people being pill seekers and stuff like that. And so I really wish I could change that because I think that it would make, it would kind of get rid of the stigma that, oh, well, pain management doctors are pill pushers and they're pill farms. I, I really think that it, it's such a vital thing in medicine to help people manage their symptoms so they can live a, a more normal life. And... I think they've just put such a, it, the opioid epidemic has put so much hardship and stigma around that, that field of medicine that it's, it makes people who do need it shy away from going and asking for medicine and trying to seek help because they don't want to be seen as a drug seeker. Stigma ruins everything. Yep. While speaking on stigma, actually, Let's talk about something that could help us fight stigma. Something like geek therapy. So, geek therapeutics wants you to feel like the superhero who defeated the villain in your favorite comic book. Imagine what it is like to be in an anime character's shoes. Something Brad and I have thought about many times. Feel proud during the instant you raised your arms in victory after conquering a Dungeons & Dragons quest. Something we've also done with a pizza. And cherish the moment you hugged your teammates after winning that esports tournament. They want you to use geek. Oh, not they. Geek Therapeutics wants you to use geek culture and its artifacts, such as video games, anime, fan fiction, comic books, pop culture, esports, and tabletop RPGs, to unlock the best versions of yourself and others. Approved by the APA, known as the American Psychological Association. Yes, it's those people that make you do those weird sightings the NBCC, and ACE for their trainings. 
all those like certification boards and people, yes, Geek Therapeutics is fully like you get your credits, people. Like it's actually kind of amazing because it's really hard to do. They approve their trainings and certifications. Check them out on geektherapeutics.com. Use the special link in the description and subscribe to their awesome content and begin to learn how to mix the wonder of fun with bettering humanity. Oh, wow. Yes. What an amazing offer. Who do we know who's a geek therapist? Uh, well, there's Megan, who was on a few episodes ago. There's Tony that was on a few episodes ago. <laughs> there's you. <laughs> oh, my God, it's me. <laughs> the first person to earn it. What? No, I'm kidding. I mean, no, I'm not kidding. I did earn it, but I'm not as fancy as Megan and Tony. They're on the board that created it. Also, one day Adam will join our ranks, but Adam is doing the dungeon, the therapeutic dungeon master program. So, oh, well, I need a therapeutic dungeon master. So <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> I mean, there are people, if you really are interested, I can help you find it for you. It would I be charged under group counseling. Oh, that's fine. Not like my insurance pays that. <laughs> my insurance isn't that great anyway. Anyway. Also, so for those who are trying to skip ahead to the fun part, I'm going to play the intro jingle again so that there's like a fun little mood changer. Here we go. Awesome. We're back. And now we're back to the fun topics. You ready, Bri? Bri uh, yep. Okay. okay. Rapid fire question section. No, we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> no, we're only halfway through the real questions. Oh, God. You're super into what they call musical theater. So, here's a few questions based off that. You ready? Uh, yep. If you could play any role in an already written musical, which Catherine one would it be? Catherine of Aragon, six. Catherine of Aragon, six. Next. Oh, and and why that? For those who don't know you, uh, because she is the true queen of England. Uh, uh, I feel the graves rolling. Uh, good. I'm glad. Heathens. Um, as the last Catholic. <laughs> As the second to last Catholic Queen of England. True, we can't discount Bloody Mary. Exactly. Um, but she was the last Catholic Queen Consort of England. She deserved more. And her song's great. And, um, oh, I love Tudor history. So, and I love Catherine of Aragon. So, that would be who I would be. I mean, that or Anastasia. Because, you know, Anastasia <laughs> the musical is a thing. If you know, you know, basically. But Brad has been in love with Catherine of Aragon since before we met. I had no idea what it was or who she was or who any of it was. Like, the point is, I now do. And I understand why Brad attaches to her and finds persona in her characterization. I mean, Anastasia is probably the other one. I do love me some Anastasia. Yes, you do. We know that. I'm surprised you didn't say Odette from Swan Lake. Uh, because it's not the Swan Princess version of Odette. The animated movie. You never know. Uh, if only uh, no one said only. it had to be an actor musical. It could have been like a cartoon. Mm, true. Pocahontas. We get it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many choices. All right. If you could, 
if you were invited to do an episode of Encore on Disney Plus, we're not sponsored by them. Would you do Fame <laughs> with your former classmates and castmates? We're not sponsored by Encore. Um, no. Why? Because I refuse to. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I had a kissing part no thank you I am not partaking in a heterosexual kiss again I'm good god happy pride month everyone you're like the third person to <laughs> denounce heterosexuality on this podcast we love all people here um, oh here's a fun one what role would you cast me in a musical the plant in Little Shop of Horrors <laughs> Why? I don't know. It just first thing that came to my mind. It's supper time. That's as that, deep as I can get. Oh, I'm sorry. That or Anne Boleyn in six. Why? Because you are Anne Boleyn. Brad just thinks I'm up to get him in all of life. Exactly. Oh, that leads into the next question. If we had to sing a duet, what song would it be and who, what parts would we be? Loathing. Wicked. But who's who? I'm Elphaba. You're Glinda. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jesus. You're superficial. Mine's not. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> what? Are you calling me superficial on my own podcast? Yes. Who All keeps right. it real? I, exactly. Hey, as long as you're honest, I don't care. Call me whatever you want. Last musical theater question. So how did you get into musical theater and singing? Like, where did your love of it start? Um, that's a really good question. One I don't know the answer to. I always loved, like, the Disney musicals. So, like, the Pocahontas and all that other stuff. Um, so, I just, I, I always loved those. I loved singing. I just, forever and always, I just always loved singing. Then I saw The Lion King on Broadway when I was, like, young and it was great and then i don't know i just it's always been something i've loved and enjoyed watching and participating in nice although i can say while we are both potentially a double threat it is good to know that we could together be a triple threat exactly for those who don't know I can barely act and dance. Well, I can actually competently dance, but I could barely act. Brad can get through acting and actually sing. But so you're saying, well, guys, if you both can act, that's like a four, a quadruple threat. No, it's not. Because I would totally abandon acting and let Brad just have the acting parts. I'll be your stunt double. Uh, fair enough. Because that's believable. <laughs> For those who don't know, I'm almost a foot shorter than him. Yes. One of the many reasons. We're, all right. <laughs> people mistake us for each other all the time. <laughs> Let Brandy rain. Over the phone. <laughs> Speaking of, like, opposites that we are, so you hail from a Southern lineage, a proud, proud, proud Southern lineage. Can you explain to me what about the Southern culture that gives you pride, since we all know it's not Southern comfort food? Brad hates Southern comfort food. As proven by my distaste of the Paula Deen restaurant. 
Oh my god, we went there and it was. Uh, what did we do? We went and got burgers after. Uh oh no, alligator bites. That was at the burger place. True. Um, BD Burgers, Savannah, Georgia. Can't recommend enough. We're not sponsored by them either, but we could say go. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just a slower. I don't know. I the South's just. It's just part of me, you know. It's. It's just a different way of life than than the Yankees. Which he affectionately loves to use nonstop people. Only when talking about being Southern. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's not like a hearkening back to the old South or anything. It's just modern day Southern versus I just compare everything to like New York people. It's just a different communication style. There, it's not as direct, and I I enjoy that. I enjoy the the nuance and the saying how you feel without actually using the words. And Danny is the very opposite of. It drives me insane. Yes. So. It Say is, it like you mean it. Ooh, ooh. Oh, we're not sponsored by her either. Um. Uh, so that's what I like. I like this. The, it, I mean, it is a slower pace. People are friendlier, even if it's fake. So it, it's just nice. I don't know. It's just. Well, I can't even ask if you even like the barbecue because Brad can't, doesn't eat pork. Um, but yes, I do like the barbecue because they'll do it and try the chicken. Oh, but oh, I'm a South also too. Yeah, but I do. I am a South Carolina barbecue person. I love mustard-based barbecue sauce. Really? Yes. I didn't even know that about you. But then again, I hate mustard and not in the barbecue. So the boring it's now. An adventure that we have to have still. Okay. Do you condemn slavery? Yes. Does Hunteria condemn slavery? <laughs> I'm editing this out. Don't worry. That's why I did the countdown. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, but not a, yes and no. <laughs> they do believe in indentured servitude as a form of punishment. <laughs> That's why I did the countdown, because I need to know when to edit this out. Oh, no. I mean, Hunteria does believe in does not believe in like lifelong slavery but they do believe in like if you're found guilty you can be an indentured servant what's different than putting that people in prison than making them indentured servants someone murdered your family okay they have to serve you for 25 years 25 years shit i don't want them around that long they killed my parents i don't want them around they're your indentured servant Sorry. So the whole thing earlier, by the way, when I was saying like, oh, Brad, how did we never think of this before? That's, this is the question that I accidentally sent you. Oh. Because the Hunteria was being typoed into hysteria. And I was like, how did we never think of this before? I mean, <laughs> synonyms. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we got to go back to muting for five seconds and then I'll ask the next question. 
I cannot wait to try this barbecue with you. All right, so your idol is a little-known person known as Taylor Swift. Uh, I know. What Undiscovered makes you talent. Undiscovered. <laughs> Maybe one day she'll be, like, an ambassador or something. Of, like, a city, like New York. Maybe. <laughs> Not like someone who's from there. No. But what makes you such a genuine Swifty? Um, well, I have been a fan of Taylor Swift since the first album. Her self-titled album, Taylor Swift. Um, Which she did not re-record yet. I know. Um, and I've seen her live in concert a couple times and you know honestly her music is very much it I've grown up with it and it's evolved kind of at the same pace and phases as I have so it 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 works it speaks to me it's stuff that you know like her first couple albums were all like love heartbreak men suck well i that was definitely that part of my life for me and she evolved to more eloquently saying men suck um, for several years and then I mean we had <laughs> 1989 which was just an amazing album and then Reputation uh, they just all have every one of her albums has kind of fit into the part of my life pretty well and I can't, it, it's just her music's always been able to express, sometimes her lyrics express what I'm feeling better than I can put into words myself. That was very nicely said. If you had to pick one Taylor Swift song to represent you, which song would it be? Because mm. I know which one I'm picking for you, but which one are you picking? Oh, God. Like the song that represents me. Please do not use the song "Me." What? Isn't that the song she did with "What Does Face and Panic" from the disco? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's not that song. It's a hard choice. I mean, honestly, it's. It's probably um, it's probably the song Fearless from her album Fearless. Really? Is that what album it's from? And why that song? Um, because it's it's very like hopeful and romantic and I'm pretty much a hopeless romantic all the time. And it's it's upbeat and it's not, I mean, there's other ones that I think represent different moods I have, but overall I think it represents more of who I am holistically instead of different moods. Instead of who you are shallowly. <laughs> or angrily. <laughs> okay, so what were the other contenders since it took you so long to figure out that one? Um, the other contenders were... Uh, blank space, which is the one I would have chose. Um, the one I thought you were going to choose was mean. Um, no, because that's the song you use for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Endgame and Delicate. Where are those from? Endgame and Delicate are from Reputation. Oh, I thought Endgame was from there. Okay, I didn't know the other one. Um, no, but that's super cool that you've been able to follow an artist. Also, fun fact, everyone, Brad was at the show where she was stuck on a crane. Yes, I was. It was amazing. <laughs> I still see, like, TikToks of it. Oh, I was there. <laughs> yes, you were. I remember because you messaged me. Oh, she's stuck on a crane. I'm like, is this abnormal? Like, <laughs> if you didn't know, World, I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. Lady Gaga falling off her piano is not an, a sight. <laughs> it happens every other song. So true. Except in the concert I saw her in, she did not fall. That's upsetting. I know. Because those fall compilations are hilarious. But anyway. then again, she did break her hip, and that might be why. But whatever. Probably. Art flop. <laughs> Oh, stop it. <laughs> okay. So, you came into what we call geekdom later in life. But you did attach to it really fast. What made you finally make the leap into accepting your geeky interests? Um, I think it kind of goes back to... us what we were talking about, like, going to college. And me really just letting my guard down and being who I want to be instead of who I think I have to be. Yeah, that's a nice and succinct way to say it. I was expecting a long, eloquent answer from you, but that's a great way to say it. By the way, people, I could say this easily. If you ever have like a dinner party that you need to invite someone to be like your emergency plus one, if you could put book brad to go with you oh my god brad's into sports before he got to college so he could like follow sports and like talk about like the football and the pig skin which is the same thing oh my god i knew that um also you now work in like that world so That's you're still true. back in the knowledge of it like you're very into like philosophy like that whole grecian holistic educated learner brad could do it why thank you that was a very big compliment I mean, it's true. I can't I deny it. I didn't say it wasn't true, but I did want to thank you for giving a compliment. And he can't take it back because it's recorded. Woo. But okay, so because you dove head into, you really dove in fast when you finally accepted your geeky interests. What are your geeky interests? Please share with the world. Well, that's a broad, broad discussion. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I love. I really do like anime. I think it's fun. I don't know. I'm. I can get in and out of it. It just really depends. It depends on what's on Netflix. Everyone, let's be honest. What's well, on Netflix? I mean, I also do pay for Funimation. Oh, we're still. not sponsored by them. Um, yeah, I changed the password when we stopped talking, so you couldn't get onto it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not sponsored by Netflix either, or Hulu. None of the streaming services. We're not sponsored. Anyway. Um, well, actually, well, Geek Therapeutics. Yeah, f fair enough. Um, but, no, I really, I liked anime. I liked conventions. Conventions were really fun. Um, Back when they I, happened. Yes. I really like um, Dungeons and Dragons was really fun. I love fantasy. I love making things up and just playing a character. Um I really, 
I've always been a really big reader, so I always like had my my kind of geeky outlet by reading books. So I mean, I read Harry Potter, I read um, Harry Dresden, I've read The Iron Druid, I've read um, Discovery of Witches. I mean, think about the birds. Oh yeah, the um. Oh, what is that series called? It's your favorite series, not mine. Oh uh, no, I never finished it though. It it got it. I didn't like the way they ended the fourth book, um. So I got annoyed because the daughter gate. I'm not going to ruin it for people. They'll probably never read it, but it's fine. <laughs> Long story short, someone gave up their chance to be a queen, and I just didn't get it. Oh. <laughs> His name is Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. <laughs> Queen till I die. Um, she fucking gave up her, her throne just because... Just because, like, it wasn't even a great reason. It wasn't love. I mean, it kind of was, but it wasn't even, like... That's the worst thing. It was like, you could have had the love and been queen. Like, you were the queen. You were the... No one was going to challenge you. I would like to point out to everyone, we had hard conversations through this interview about, like, trauma and, like, struggling through college. And this is actually the one where Brad gets emotionally, like, <laughs> cracking. I do, because it's it's stupid. Anyway. But <laughs> I love... Oh, I've always loved Charmed and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've always had my geeky outlets, but I really, like have the ability to explore a wider variety of them in college, and I enjoyed it. Um, and it was just easy access. It was around, and so it was easier to explore. It's like, now that I'm in adult life, it's like, oh, finding time to do things. Yes. By the way, everyone, when Brad said he's really into Charmed, Brad can recite almost any spell from Charmed, like, oh. by heart and memory. Very true. The one thing that I brought to to campus, a TV with a DVD player and all eight seasons of Charmed on DVD. Thus, how Danny and I became best friends. Yes. For a time. <laughs> Until life. No, anyways, obviously we're still tight because otherwise why would he be here? Because Brad's a thirst for fame. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the twos and twos. <laughs> if this does blow up everyone we are very excited that you listen oh very true and if you have any questions to for brad remember you can email us at the shape of a star podcast at gmail.com or dm us at the shape of a podcast no no what the shape of a star podcast oh my god you people know the name of this thing it's the name just find us on instagram the twos and twos of you should be the followers on instagram unless this blows up hey so Last question on the official question, Pashon. Okay. So you also have a passion for writing. What do you love about it? That's a good question. I don't know. It's so frustrating to write. Yes, it is. But it's a really fun way to, like, let out your creativity. And, you know, I work in a business setting 
an uncreative world. Yeah, and so I mean, I work with numbers a lot, and it's not creative. And writing is a way to tell stories that come into my head. I get um, that's the thing. The thing is, like, I get ideas and stuff like that while I'm working because I can work, and then my mind will do like the other side of my mind will work as well. And just like, I'll think of stories while I'm sitting there working on a spreadsheet. Um, Disservice. I don't write them down right away because I'm working. Um, Probably should get better at that, but it's just a great way to have a creative outlet and you get to craft narratives. And so, and I love kind of creating a story and I love storytelling and telling people things and, being able to share that creativity that in writing just, it's a great outlet for that. Yes, it is. Also, everyone, I forgot, Brad forgot to mention earlier, part of his geekiness, Brad loves, it's not Otome games, but it's like the whole genre of like oh, playthrough visual stories. Visual novels. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am all about that. Choose your own destiny. So fun. I think you're like, biggest like dream job that you don't even realize is just owning a visual novel company. Uh, so true. That would be wonderful. It would be. You would make a killing. And... Uh, microtransactions. <laughs> freemiums. Uh, so true. Love me some freemium. Choices. Not sponsored. Should be. Episode. Episode. Not sponsored. <laughs> Should be. Moments. The thing game I have to play. Not sponsored. Should be. Play it. Download it. Now. Detroit <laughs> Underworld. Not sponsored great one on moments play it also is that the one i'm supposed to play yes okay detroit underworld psychic on moments it's great also a real book series if you don't want to play the visual novel version i might just read the book (laughs) no play the visual novel version you need to see the people the way i see them oh my god (laughs) so controlling um all right bus train another one true (laughs) As a Hunterian, please explain privilege. The thing we're born with that Davians don't have. Next. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we are now moseying on into our rapid fire question portion. Woo. Whoa, whoa. Blue mix. Blue mix. Not sponsored <laughs> by the Winx Club. But if they did want to sponsor us, we have plenty of ideas where the series could go. Uh-huh, exactly. Um, all Ter-ter-ix. right. Terturix. Shh. We can't let them know. Not yet. Jesus. Okay, so are you ready for the rapid foil question? Yes. I'm actually very worried because I feel like you're going to be the one person that actually gets through these fast. Oh, oh, well, we've already been on for over an hour. That's nothing. There are Some of these have gone to after this. We there do. are people to kill. <laughs> AKA, another one of Brad's geeky interests is League of Legends, and that's exactly what we're going to do after this. So here we go. What are your chosen coping skills? Bottling it up and putting it on the corner. <laughs> putting it on the shelf. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> No, for reals. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is my my coping skill. I, I'm sorry, Billy. 
Oh, I'm sorry. The real, the real answer to who you want me to say, being curious and trying to understand my emotions and using curiosity. Who's telling you to say this? That's that's what I'm supposed to be using from AK from Billy. I need to be curious about what stresses me out and why it stresses me out, why it's affecting me that way. So curiosity, but no, I bottle it up, shove it in the corner, and keep it moving. He plays sorry. League of Legends, people. Uh, sorry, Billy. You ready for the next one? Uh, yes. <laughs> I did not expect that to be so intense. My God. <laughs> We're finally getting the real, real. <laughs> Pick a side, Lancaster or York. Plantagenet. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Tudor. Head of Luxembourg. <laughs> Tudor. Where do you stand on the Oxford comma? Yes. If I told you to bring a pie to pie day, what kind of pie would you bring? Ice cream. <laughs> there is such thing as an ice cream pie from Cold Stone. Graham cracker crust and whatever Cold Stone creation you want inside the pie covered in chocolate ganache. Do it. Okay, it's $15. That's the other thing. Not sponsored you, by Cold Stone. If you ever need desserts or travel advice, go to Brad. Very true. What is an innocent phrase that you mistakenly or subconsciously weaponized? Oh, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that. I don't know if you saw that, but it was like... There was a violence. (laughs) What's a trend that went too far? Jaggings. Oh, yeah, I forgot you hate jaggings. They're so comfy. No. Oh, this will be interesting. If you could rule an established country or territory in this world, where and why? The United States make it a monarchy and then I don't have to move. (laughs) That's your whole issue? You don't want to move? Healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) true and right now also no covid so knock on wood everyone vaccinations actually by the time this episode comes out it's going to be 2022 so hopefully it's gone hopefully and if it's not we're blaming you oh well if you were the pageant contestant or large platform holder what would be your philanthropy or cause myself No, it would probably be, um, honestly, it would probably be Wounded Veterans. Oh, nice. What Avatar Nation would you come from? Water. Who would play you in a documentary or movie about your life? Oh my god, I hope Henry Cavill. What? I did not expect that. Why him? Because I love him. And if he has to talk, if he has to figure out how to be me, he has to spend time with me. I, I can seduce him. Okay, he's happily with a girlfriend. He just I don't just care. About that. Irrelevant. Oh my God. I've succeeded um, before. 
so I'm surprised you didn't say Taylor Swift. I mean, that would be fun, but it wouldn't be accurate. Be a dramatization. We saw her in The Giver. If we saw her in Valentine's Day. I mean, to be fair, you didn't even recognize her in The Giver. That's true. Which I thought was shocking. Because I heard her saying, I was like, is that Taylor Swift? And then I messaged you and you were like, oh yeah, she was in that. What's that her? I was like, yeah. I know, the brown hair. It's okay, she had red hair and bad blood. That should be a song of yours. Oh, it is. (laughs) Alright, last one. What's your ideal five minutes of fame? My ideal five minutes of fame? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I have no idea. Really? I could, I don't a five minutes of fame like saving Taylor Swift's cat. Which one? Meredith Grey. Okay, and why that one? Uh, because I love Meredith Grey and I like Grey's Anatomy. All right. Well, you heard it here first. If a cat goes missing. Sorry, what came in my head was Lady Gaga's dog. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> like, please don't exact violence. Like, we're very happy that the dog walker's alive, and we're happy that the whole scandal's being uncovered, but, like, ugh. <laughs> Similarities, isn't it? So true. All right, so is there anything you'd like to say to the satellites that are listening? Be yourselves, and happy Pride Month. That is a great statement actually i thought you were going to say something completely different but thank you for coming on you're welcome all right everyone so catch us next orbit we're off to play league toodles <laughs>